the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. Today we're going to pick up uh, where we started from uh, last week. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to dig right in. Father, open eyes, illuminate hearts, meet us in this moment of study and fellowship. Father, people all around the globe have joined me in this moment. God, be present where they are, and may there be no distance in the Holy Spirit. And we give you all the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 8. We're in part 3 in our Nehemiah series, and we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And the king granted his request according to the good hand uh, of my God upon me. Uh, so as I said before, Nehemiah has really written a, ne- uh, a memoir here and, and he served namelessly, faithfully and loyally for, for many years. But God puts us in places for reasons, but he only uh, explains them or reveals the purpose of them in, in the right season. And timing is everything. And if God told us everything too soon, it'll make us way nervous. It, it just mess up everything. So in God's wisdom, only at the right time does he typically share things that need to uh, be shared. Now, I in my life have said many times, you know, why God, why? But God has spoken back to my heart. Wait, Derek, wait. And the reality is I just have to hang in there and trust God is that the just shall walk by what faith. And if you can't praise God in the waiting room, you're not ready for your next appointment. And I've learned that I got to worship God in the hallways in the in between places in order for me to be ready for the open door when it opens. And then it says in verse nine, then I went. So this is after Nehemiah fasted and he, he prayed and he was commissioned by the king. And we talked about that last week, all the wisdom used in his appeal. And you have to learn how to make a, an appeal if you're going to be successful in life. But uh, what, what I want you to see here, G, uh, Nehemiah didn't just, you know, uh, talk about the vision. He went about the vision. You know, Talkers are often more articulate than doers because talk is really their only specialty. But but Nehemiah, he rolled up his sleeves and he got busy. I went to the governors in the region beyond the river and he crossed the river Euphrates. Uh, He traveled about 800 miles from Persia to Jerusalem and gave the governor the king's 
letters. Uh, because the king, his leader, uh, uh, his boss, really, because he was his cupbearer, uh, because the king vouched for him, he was given safe passage. And there are some doors in our lives that will not be open uh, without a reference from the last place we serve. So don't burn bridges and expect people to still send you a boat. Uh, you know, we may have to cross over those bridges again. And he served so faithfully that uh, the king sent him off into his next Season. Now, the king has sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. Again, it's in the first person. This is a memoir of Nehemiah. And when you're truly sent, those who serve you will not only approve, they'll also send with you resources. So the king sent soldiers and we learned in past chapters, he sent uh, wood uh, in order to rebuild the walls, etc. You know, I, I, I was a, a grown man by the time I got married. I was in my later uh, 20s and my wife, she was in her early early 20s. But as grown as both of us were, I still asked my wife's father for her hand in marriage. And yet, surely some people uh, abuse authority and all the rest. But I I do want to say to you, everything good gets abused. Uh, Bad is really just good distorted. Satan can't create anything. He just distorts what is kind of like a baseball bat. A baseball bat used for the proper purpose, you know, causes thousands of people to sit in stadiums and and people to cheer and people to work hard, you know, in order to win a game. Uh, You know, the ball will hit the bat and and we will have a, a great time of fun. But that same bat used wrongly can destroy a person for life. I've seen people beaten uh, by with bats. So it's, it's a very serious thing. But it's, so we don't cancel the game of baseball because some people have misused bats. Likewise, we don't dismiss all authority because some people have abused authority. I want you to think about something. The high priest that uh, led in the crucifixion of Jesus Actually, in John 11 and 50 and 51, he was used of God to prophesy that Jesus would be crucified. So we're not always obligated to to respect the person, but we must always respect the office. And God can even use wicked people at times to speak righteous things because he's a wise God. And when Sambal and uh, the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite, it sounds like these folks are not Jews, but actually the Jewish leaders, we find that out a little bit later. When they heard of it, uh, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. You see, everyone that you think is for you is not always for you. And this is the reality here. And the temple had been functioning since the time of Ezra. People were going into the temple to worship and, and worshiping, uh, worship was, was happening, forgive me. But because the walls around Jerusalem had not been uh, built up and they were broken down, their worship remained vulnerable to attack. Now, our worship is sacred to God and God wants us to protect it from everything that will distract. So, you know, we can't do big things constantly distracted by the small things. So he wanted to make sure that people could focus and and we have to learn to arrange our lives in a way that that Sunday is the Lord's, at least a couple hours of Sunday is the Lord's. You know, I was traveling in a foreign country and and service went on for hours and hours and they, I was like, "Man, what's going on here? This 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 is really long." Um, but but they were like 
Sunday is the Lord's day. They were serious about the Lord's day. So we were all day in church. So listen, if you just got, you know, an hour with me, you guys got it easy. Okay. So take advantage of these moments that we have together and make sure you're learning and growing in the word. Verse 11. So I came to Jerusalem and I was there for uh, three days. So Nehemiah came to the city from Persia and um, he he's basically just, you know, walks around the city streets and, and listens to the people and he takes the city's spiritual temperature. So, you know, as a leader, it's important not only to be aware of your task, but also your environment. And that was one of my challenges early in ministry. I, I knew God's word, but I didn't always know how to relate it to people. And I wasn't always as aware of my environment as I, I, I needed to be, you know, sure. God told you to cross the street, but also be streetwise enough to look both ways before you cross. So, uh, Nehemiah was looking both ways, paying attention. Yes, I have an assignment, a mandate from God, but I, I want to do it in the way that's fitting and appropriate to the place that I'm in. And I know I'm talking to someone right now. Verse 12. Then I arose in the night. Now he does this in secret. And Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter six, that the most important things we do in life are actually done in secret. We give in secret. We pray in secret. We fast in secret. We seek the Lord in the, the, the secret place of the most high God. And, and if everyone has to be watching for you to do the right thing, you're not ready yet. And he says, I and a few men with me. So when you're in the early stages, you know, everyone's not going to get it and and be willing to start small, even though you're dreaming big. And this is what Nehemiah did. I told no one, no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, just like a baby at conception. It's fully human. It's it's a person. It it is a baby. That's why if you harmed a pregnant woman, um, you would would not only be prosecuted for harming the woman. If you if the baby uh, was was miscarried, you you'd be charged with death. But just as a baby um, is a baby at conception, um, you know, it's fully human. But It must mature, pay attention here, hidden in the womb of the mother before it can survive in the hostile environment outside the womb of the mother. So even if you have a legitimate word from God, you must let it grow big enough first on the inside of you before that word can be released and survive in the environment outside of you. So there are things that, you know, I'm kind of noodling in my head and I'm not sure about. And if I tell everybody, I'm going to have everyone's voice in my head. So what I've learned to do is get quiet, keep taking it to the Lord until it grows big enough on the inside for me to have a conversation with someone else about it. I just gave you a lot of wisdom there. Pay attention to what I'm saying today. Uh, Nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. So, you know, he, he was so serious and, 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 uh, uh, secretive. And I don't mean that in the bad way, but just everybody, you don't have to tell everybody your business all the time. I mean, you texting everything, you, you know, you're putting everything on, you know, on, on Snapchat and all the rest. You, you need some privacy and you need sometimes to give some, some things time to grow and develop. But, but here he even limits the animals that he allowed to overhear his conversation. Imagine you're so serious about not letting folks get involved in what the the Lord has started in you that you're not even going to let your hamster know, your dog or your cat know. So he didn't let any other animals know uh, except the one he was riding. He says, and I went out by night through the valley gate 
Uh, so he went out to personally inspect all the gates and the Bible talks about all the different gates he went to. We're not going to cover all that, but, but here's another important point. Please pay attention to what I'm saying today. Stop believing everything you hear. Study to show yourself approved, you know, investigate. You know, he had heard what Jerusalem looked like, but he wanted to hear and see for himself. You know, the story you hear often depends on the person who's telling it. And he understood that. So he wanted to investigate the gates for himself. He wanted to see what was happening in the city for himself. This is a principle I live by. Proverbs 18 and 17. It says this, the first one to plead a case seems Right. So if I or you only hear one side of a story, but refuse to listen to people on the other side, uh, we're not only naive, we're irresponsible. This is why I listen to Fox News and MSNBC, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal. I listen to old folks. I listen to young folks. I listen to leaders. I listen to followers. In order for me to really get a sense of things, I have to hear the various perspectives. And it's vital that we don't allow people to pigeonhole us so we only hear one side. You're too smart for that. You, You need to expose yourself to all the information so you can make right judgments. It says the first one to plead his cause seems, seems, Right. How many of you heard a story from someone and you're mad at somebody until you heard the other side? We've all done that. And watch this. There's a comma here. And then it says until until his neighbor comes and examines him. So if an issue has not been cross examined, if people uh, with with other interests are not allowed to offer input, we are not obligated to accept it as legitimate. And I know you say, well, Bishop, that went right over my head. I don't get what you're saying. Let's look at this in the New Testament. You're going to see something perhaps you've not seen before. Matthew 3 and verse 17. Jesus was just baptized by John in the Jordan. He's about to begin in ministry. Watch what it reads. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, so God is speaking from heaven out of the clouds. Everyone hears his voice. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But watch what the next verse says. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So God called him son. But God immediately allowed this claim to be cross-examined by the devil. You see, God is, God is a God of principle. He, he, he is a God of order and he would not require us to, to, to fully rely on that until it was cross examined. And by the way, this is sometimes why we have to face the tests that we do. You know, as beloved as Peter was, he was like, you know, Lord, Lord, even if I have to die with you, I, I, I will never deny you. And, and God heard him and Jesus was like, uh, uh, you know, the enemy has, when, when you made that statement, the enemy immediately began to inquire because God allows us to be cross examined. So immediately the devil tested him in the area of that confession. And we all know that happened. He walked away crying and, and weeping. So you said you loved your spouse. You know, it was a bright day and you walked down that aisle. She was beautiful. You were smelling good. And you said, I love you. But guess what? God let life test you. And uh, you had to prove in life 
what you said at, at that altar. So you say you, you trust God, but guess what happens? Then you face something and, and then you're, you're tested about, you know, what, what it is you, you really, really, uh, believe about God and how much you, you trust God. Even, you know, as a congregation, we say we're a congregation. We are grace church. Guys, let's see how much of a church you are. I'm going to allow some opposition and, and we're going to see who remains, who sticks and who stays and who stands. You see, God lets, it's important. God lets our, our, our lives and our faith be tested because he loves us too much to let us live in delusion. He wants us to have a proper estimation of ourselves. So he will allow us to go through things ultimately to prove our faith. But if our faith's not where it is or where it's supposed to be, we'll also learn we're not where we want to be yet. And he'll, he'll use that as an opportunity for us to reach out to him in order to grow. All right, back to, to Nehemiah. Let's move to verse 16. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials. And by the way, you know, in the New Testament, Often uh, John and others refer to uh, the Pharisees, the Sadducees as the Jews. And, and then people, you know, thousands of years removed say it's, 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 it's uh, uh, anti-Jewish. That, that makes no sense. First of all, they were Jews. And forgive me, I digress. This is a squirrel moment, okay? But, but these were Jewish guys writing these words. And here, often, um, uh, the Jews were spoken of as, as, as a group. It wasn't uh, intended to be derogatory. Some people use, uh, the term Jew, uh, as derogatory, but, uh, you know, I love the Jewish people as much as I love any other people. And it's not a derogatory term to me. Again, squirrel, let's get back to the message. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. This verse here is, is really, really rich. Nehemiah did not approach the majority uh, of the leaders here. And by the way, he does speak first to the leaders until he finished all his homework. So he had to do the research and all the rest before he made this appeal. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in. He didn't say y'all are in, pointing the finger. He said we are in, even though he came from Persia, the, the, the mess that we are in. You see, we got to either learn to live together as brothers or perish as fools. And, and he recognized that he was part of the problem. Every time I read about what Jewish people do wrong in the Bible, I see myself because we're all in this boat together. Uh, they, they just, they represent me in many ways. I'm, I'm for God, then I'm not for God the way I thought I was for God. And, and you know, this up and down type of thing. And, and we read about ourselves in this book over and over again, how Jerusalem lies in waste and his gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the walls of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. So Nehemiah didn't use gimmicks. He didn't use tricks or, or sleight of hand. He just appealed to their sense of dignity, their sense of responsibility the sense of love for, for God and, and God's work in them. And God then confirmed the word given to, to Nehemiah by the way the people responded. And then watch what the, the result. Let's skip a little bit. And says, so they said, let us, by the way, it takes a village, rise up and build. You see, the road to spiritual success is always under construction. Uh, we were always going to be building something. If you're not growing you're dying. Um, everything good that God has ever used me to build ended up building me. 
And then as I watch, you know, all that's going on here, God is not just building a building. He's building us. He's stretching our patience, our, our endurance, our perseverance. He's, he's causing us to be a little bit more disciplined. He's also going to cause us to be a little bit more grateful because we've been without. So we're going to be so grateful. Then they set their hands to do this good work. Again, they didn't just talk about it. They went about it. They didn't just pray about it. They did it. They rolled up their sleeves and they did the work. Now watch the next two verses here and I'm done for this Sunday. But when Samballot, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Gisham, the Arab, heard of it. And again, I, I said these men were Jews and I'd have to, you know, point you to scriptures elsewhere to see that. But we're not going to dig into that. You can do your own research a little bit later. They laughed at us. Now, most of us can handle being beaten up better than we could handle being laughed at. And uh, there's something in us. We don't want to be laughed at. So the adversary knows that. So he uses that. And, and sometimes... People what will laugh at us, make fun of us, and it's all a design to get us or keep us from what God has for us. Um, it says, they laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? You see, what they were saying is, Nehemiah, you know, what you're doing right now, this is just so parallel to where we are. What you're doing right now cannot be done in this environment. What you're doing right now just hasn't been done in recent history. But like Mandela said, it always seems impossible until it's done. It always seems impossible till it's done. So na 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 na, yeah, you know, we're doing it. We, 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 it. we got it done by God's grace. They said, will you rebel against the king? They thought that if they could turn the heart of the king, they could stop God. So later they send letters and all the rest of stuff trying to, to, to ruin the relationship and the favor that Nehemiah had with the king. But when God gives you favor, you know, uh, the devil's just not going to be successful. Uh, turn it around. But watch uh, uh, verse 20. I know this is just a small part of the sentence, but pay attention here. It says, so I answered them. You got to learn to speak up for yourself. You got to learn to give an answer. I've learned it's not what people call you that matters. It's what you answer to that really, really matters. And the day that you become silent about the things that matter is the day that you will no longer matter. And he said to them, so, you know, the scripture says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against us in judgment, you shall condemn. We missed that last part. We just say, well, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That's not just what it says. It says every tongue that rises up in, in judgment, we shall condemn. So you got to learn to speak up against things that are said every now and then God just says, you know, bite, bite your tongue. But even when I see something on television, I'll speak up. I refuse to let that thing live on the inside of me. And, and I will talk back to the television. Uh, when people say certain things, I, I used to let stuff slide, but I'm learning. You know what? I, the, the, the way that I, I handle this issue is to speak back. The devil came at Jesus three times when he was in the wilderness and the devil started quoting scripture, but Jesus responded by saying, so our spiritual warfare is not just in the head. It's in the mouth. It's us giving an answer for the hope that's within us. So I answered them. You got to answer your Samballots and this other character, this, this Tobiah, because they'll bully you if, if you let them. So I answered and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. So he's like, listen, this is not 
about some king somewhere. It's ultimately about God. And my God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. So immediately he answers and he says, you know, it's not by might nor by power, but by my God, the God of heaven, he shall prosper us. And prosperity is simply uh, accomplishing God's purposes in your life. You could be prosperous in a hut. You could be prosperous in, in a, a house without running water, but you could also be prosperous in the governor's mansion. Prosperity is all about fulfilling the purpose of God in your life. It said the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, watch this, we, his servants will arise there's no question mark in here. It's not Nehemiah is not yelling, turning red in the face, but he's, he's saying what's about to happen. Therefore, we, his servants, we're going to rise. We're going to build. We're going to do what God has told us to do. Now, now, Sam Ballot to, to buy. I don't know who you're serving, but I know whose I am and who I serve. And basically, he's about to call them posers. Watch what he says in his next verse. And you got to answer for yourself. Jesus answered for himself. Watch his ministry. People call him names. He'd answer for himself. People would question him. He'd answer for himself. And then he said uh, to Sembalat and Tobiah, you have no heritage. You know, th- th- these guys by race, you know, or, or by outward appearances felt that they had a heritage. But God sees the heart. You have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. So what happens here is Nehemiah, pay attention here, he considered the source. So when people criticize you, consider the source. And if they're not qualified, discard it. And because this man uh, considered the source of his criticism, Jerusalem was restored all because this man wouldn't fold. And if you will not fold under criticism, under pressure, you will ultimately accomplish the purposes of God in your life. So continue to do the things that God has told you to do. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at gracechurchva.tv. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.